Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. This week, we are in San Diego at a crazy mastermind called Seven Figure Flipping. This is with the House Flipping HQ group and Justin Williams. Um, for more information, go to www.houseflippinghq.com. Um, so, uh, without further delay, we're going to surprise you with consecutive interviews with top-notch real estate investors who are with us in this group. Um, So I hope you enjoy this week and have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye now. Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we have some awesome guests. Welcome, Marvin Espinel and Gide Alufa. Yay! Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? Hey, guys. <laughs> All right. So we always love to just jump right in, and we always love to just hear, how did you get started in real estate? Jide, why don't, why don't you take that? Because yours is more interesting, I feel like. So how I got into studying real estate, I I mean, my father had a real estate company. He got hit by the crash in the 08, 09. So that basically made him stop. I was always interested. 2015, I got married to my wife. And then two weeks later, we went to one of those rich dad seminars. <clears throat> and then uh, my wife was looking at me like, what, are we, what the heck are we doing here? And the last day, they were like, oh, yeah, just pay $25,000 and we'll teach you how to be a real estate investor. And um, me and my wife looked at each other and she said, I trust you. And I was like, okay, no pressure there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's how I got started. We decided to jump into the program. It was a year's program. And uh, that was kind of how I started. And I met Marvin a couple months later. And um, we've been kind of working together ever since. That's great. So your dad actually had stopped. Did he did he have any words of wisdom or any insight or was he against you jumping into it? Funny enough, he he wanted me to go into it, but he was just trying to keep me away from some of the mistakes he made. Um, he was somebody who flipped a lot of properties, had a lot of cash, but he never invested in rentals. So when the crash happened, he literally had nothing to um, fall back on and he had a bunch of properties on the market. He was actually flipping in D.C., so to imagine, you know, the property value there. So it really hit him hard. So I try to, you know, pick up a couple rentals here, there as I go along in my uh, career. That's pretty amazing. I mean, just from the get go, I was just talking to another investor about, you know, when do you start putting the actual like hard cash when you start talking in the thousands of dollars to invest in yourself? And you just did it from right from the get go. Congratulations on that, on investing in yourself, in your business from the very beginning. That's amazing. Oh, thanks a lot. It was, trust me, those first three days, I looked at my wife and I said, is it too late to cancel? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about the pressure component of like his wife being just being like, all right, I trust you. Like that's, yeah. that's a, quite a burden. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. So Marvin, tell us a little bit about your story. Did you meet G-Day and then get interested in real estate or just tell us like what led up to that? And then uh, when, how'd you guys met? Yeah. 
So I started um, about eight years ago or so, and I started strictly um, renovating properties. And that's all I was doing. Um, I was buying off the MLS because I could. And I did a couple renovations here locally in DC, did a few more in Maryland. And then I went out to um, hang out with a friend who was at finishing college. And I just went out to see him and I saw the property values. And this was in Cleveland, Ohio. And I saw the property values out there and I was like, wow, like I can pick houses up for 20 or $30,000 while I'm paying a hundred, $150,000 here in you know DC, Maryland, Virginia area. So I was like, all right, let's just try this out. So I was like, Hey, can I stay with you for six weeks? He was like, sure. So I just crashed at his dorm uh, for those six weeks, built a team. Um, that first week there, I ended up buying like four houses and just stayed there, oversaw the cruise. Um, actually had to drive some of my crews up from DC to Cleveland, Ohio, because I was not getting the results that I needed from the cruise there. And I just didn't have time to waste. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, MLS started drying up there. So I was like, all right, let me kind of haul everything back in, come back to home base and see what I can do here locally. Um, then I just started doing things here in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. I probably met G day. Um, I think probably maybe three years after I'd come back and started focusing more in on the area. And we met at a, um, RIA meeting that I was speaking at and that's kind of how it started. That's great. Wow. So uh, when you were doing these flips, um, I, I guess you had a great friend who let you just hang out for six weeks. That's yeah. pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> so do you, were you doing any of the work yourself or were you basically hiring out teams and really systemizing from the start? I was hiring out teams um, because it just, to me, like I'm one person, like how quickly could I get an entire house done? And I had the experience of doing things here in my home base and I wasn't doing any renovations. So to me, it was like, I've already done it here. Like what's the difference in another state? To me, it was like, it's all the same. Just the price points a lot lower, which is always nicer. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you like from the get go, it sounds like Marvin, you were, you already had the mindset to systematize. You didn't pick up the hammer yourself. Did you learn this on your own or was this from RIA meetings? How did you actually like get started with that mindset of systematizing your business? So I don't know if you would call it so much as a system as so much as like I, the concept was I'm only one person and I can't renovate an entire property by myself. Um, so I was like, what's the logical progression? And to me it was, well, have someone who does this as their occupation yeah. And just go from it from there. Like that was, I guess, more of a necessity than an actual system. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> There's so many people that fall in that trap though, just saying, well, but I'll just do it myself. I'll save money. I'll save yeah. time. And yeah. it, the lesson learned is you rarely do. <laughs> so we've, we've done it ourselves. We do a lot of heavy construction and we've taken yeah. projects and it ultimately gets to the point where, it one runs you dry, it takes your energy. It, it, it just, and it keeps you from finding the next deal. Cause if you're going to flip yeah. houses and do it continually, you have to have the process continually rolling. Cause the second you get done, it's just, well, what do we do now? Now I got to go exactly back and start the whole process. Mm -hmm. again. And to me, from the beginning, it's always been a concept of time or money, whether I'm, I'm going to give up a ton of time to maybe save some money or I'm going to give up some money to just have more time. That's and awesome. at the end of the day, like you can't buy more time. So to me, it's fairly simple. Like I'm always going, if I can, if I can write a check to solve something, it's not a problem. That's the way I look at it. That's great. Nice. So, so you guys meet and now you start off on your journey together. Did you have roles from the start and how has your business evolved? 
So from the beginning, it was more of a GJ would call me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And I kind of like talk him through that. And he'd go, he was doing deals on his own at that point when we started, it was completely separate. Um, so that was, yeah, that's kind of the start, at least from my perspective. Yeah. From my perspective, I, I saw him at the, at the meetup, we chatted a little bit and kind of what he said, we're kind of doing our own separate thing. We, we, we just decided to start doing stuff together earlier this year, but I will call him. It's like, Hey, I have this property walking through as far as business involve evolving. I think the systems is more the evolve, the involvement of our business as far as doing things of, you know, just hustling, you know, when you first start, you have that hustle mentality, I'm going to get it done. And, you know, when I spent 25 K best believe I'm going to get it done. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so then I'll call Marvin will walk through it. But then over the several months kind of have system in place, follow up system on when to call sellers, how to um, have people walk through property, open houses, et cetera, et cetera. So like you said, the systems is, is one of the important things to kind of free up your time and also be able to feel more comfortable with talking to sellers because they have a, a process that they can follow uh, with you and your business when they do decide to sell their house to you. Nice. So I want to actually delve more into the idea of partnerships. What makes your partnership work so well? <laughs> so this is this funny question. I think me and Marvin will have different answers for this. But for me, <laughs> as you can tell, Marvin is um, very... I don't want to use the words. He's very stoic. So I'll say he's more of the operations guy. He handles the numbers, decision-making. We talk about it together. But as far as people, person, talking to sellers, you know, smiling at them, it's like, hey, everything's going to be okay. But that's more me. I'm more of the people person. So I'll say I'm the front end and he's the back end in the office. And I think that helps complement each other very well instead of having Marvin scream at all, all the sellers and say, sell me your house. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree. I... I'm much more detached in terms of like making decisions. So to me, it's, you know, sometimes dealing with sellers in the craziness that they present, it's kind of like, well, it's a simple solution in my head. It's like, this is so simple do X, Y, or Z and you've got this. And to them, it's like, it's not that like, it's this whole other gamut of I've got this going on and this going on, this going on. And to me, it's like, well, yeah, but these are all symptoms of this one cause. If you fix the cause and everything else goes away. Um, so I think, and you know, I guess a little bit of my background before that is because I thought I was going to be a physical therapist, get my doctor's physical therapy. So to me, it's all about like, this is the linear progression of something and it's either progression or regression. And, um, so to me, like Jay say, it's a little bit more like stoic, a little bit more detached in terms of decision-making. Um, and sometimes it doesn't with certain personalities on the seller side, it doesn't always mesh well. Um, so. Wow. I mean, it just said your partnership sounds so great. You have the yin and yang, you have the, the, (laughs) that's awesome. And that's awesome. I mean, even like, even in your personalities, like you could tell, like you guys like click. It's awesome. So so tell us a little bit about your business today. Where where are you with your business and and where's your focus? Our main focus really is around wholesaling. We'll do a couple of renovations here or there that are either, a hotel type thing just because of the ease of it. Um, and because of the market that we're in, it's very competitive. I'm assuming everywhere else, anything you put on the MLS, you know, it's going to go in a couple of days. Um, on the investor side, on the retail side, we're, um, a handful of rehabs here or there that really make sense areas we're really comfortable with, or that need minimal work. Um, we're not really into the whole, like, tear down, rebuild or complete gut or anything along those lines for us, the way we look at it, it's a lot of 
the time versus money thing. Um, and to me, it's like, if I can get in and out of a project in 30 to 45 days and have it on the market, you know, I'd much rather do that, especially just cause you know, there's a lot of unforeseen factors when you're dealing on the top end when you're going retail. Um, so a main thing right now is wholesaling, um, with some like wholesaling sprinkled in as well as some rehabs. Nice. That's great. Nice. That's great. Do you have anything to add today? Uh, yeah, basically what he said, like I, you know, we were talking about it earlier, how in our market and each market is specific depending on the size and the activity, wholesaling and rehabbing might or might not make sense, the extra risk for the return. So like Marvin said, we look at if we're going to wholesale, X amount is what we're going to make. If we flip it ourselves, we might make an extra five or 10 grand, but is that really worth the extra risk and the time um, that we're going to put into it? So we're more so sticking with the wholesale model. And like he said, a couple of hotels in between, just because that's what makes sense for us in the market that we're in. That's, that's all amazing information. I mean, especially yeah. in the HGTV world and age where they think all like even newer flippers will come and think, okay, well, I have to do this huge project when really you can get into the market time versus money. Like really everybody who's listening to this, think of time versus money. Um, and the only reason why I'm pointing this out is because Jason and I, we do huge flips. We, mm-hmm. we add square footage. Mm-hmm. Our market calls for it, at least the markets that we've been in. Yeah. Buy at a high price point. And in order to add value to that price point, we need to add square footage. That's yeah. the way we make our money. And that's the other Which thing. Makes is sense, but time versus money. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make sense anymore. And that's the other thing is that some people going on what you're saying, the HD model is that they try to over, um, repair something. Yeah. And you've got to look at the comps and like, Hey, what is this finished product look like? And what did it sell for? What were the days on market for it to go under contract? Did it ever fall out and kind of like, look, cause at the end of the day, like I'm trying to work backwards. Someone already solved this problem they got these many houses sold and this is the finished product in this area. This is the standard. I'm going to work backward from theirs and, and give the normal. Perfect. Yeah, standard great. and normal. Yeah. It's great advice. But here's the, the thing is like for certain people, like they are on the higher end of the market. Like that's where their cup of tea is. That's their niche. Um, for us, we've just found like being what's the standard median sales price. That's where we want to be. Cause yeah, for us, great. there's a bigger part buyer pool. Yeah, exactly right. What's a part of your business now that you're you're putting more time in to improve? That's a good question. I feel like you're always trying to improve everything at all times. That's what, I guess, makes that entrepreneurial mind. I think what we're trying to improve or tweak in our system is just the conversion ratio. Um, if we can get more bang for the lease that we're getting now, that'll be the best. So me and Marvin constantly go through every process, every step of our process from sending out postcards or marketing to when we get calls, how we talk to the sellers, what kind of scripts we're using. So we're trying to tweak and get more bang and more conversions for the marketing money we're spending now. So kind of optimizing um, everything we're doing. So talking about your systems, what is, what's a part of your systems that you're like the most proud of something that you can share with our audience? really follow up a lot of um, investors tell me that follow up is the name in the game and it really is so we have um follow-up systems in place to reach out to a seller uh, up to a year and even after that um we have it automatized with our uh, crm system so they get calls text message voicemails uh, from us but even after that 
two, three months if I haven't heard from you, I will personally write a letter to you and say, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. And we've had so many leads uh, come back through the door because they got a letter, even though they're already getting the text and the emails and the voice messages. Just that letter with the signatures, they give us a call and we're like, okay, great, just sign here. And then we're always thinking, why didn't you just sign two months ago? But yeah, just uh, <laughs> sometimes it takes us two months. Yeah. And that letter, that's crazy. I mean, it's just the personal touch that you guys put on that. I mean, come on, listeners, if you're listening to this, it's the personal touch that counts. I know a lot of people out there are trying to systematize their businesses and they're like, okay, sitting down and writing a letter, that just, that just takes too much time. What's 10 minutes for another, you know, $10,000? Right. But people will hold on to that letter and, and, and they'll sit there and it's amazing the calls you get. You know, I, I've held on to this letter for six, eight months and I wasn't ready before, but now I'm, I'm thinking I'm ready to sell. And yeah. when they have that letter from you and you have that consistency played in, that's where the listeners can really find value in what you're saying. So yeah, thank you. And the yeah, thing is like some people have li- different forms of communication. Like some people love talking on the phone and that's, they'll respond to a voicemail. Some people will get a voicemail and they won't respond, but they send them a text and they'll respond to that. And some people do it email. And it's like trying to decipher what method of communication do you prefer? And then trying to just respond to them in that fashion is something that we've learned a little bit through trial and error <laughs> thus far. Um, yeah. and like some people, they still want, you know, an actual letter in the mail and that's how they respond to you. So it's just figuring that out and everyone's different. So I mean, you kind of just have to cover all your bases or just be okay with niching into that one thing and you, you know, hit that hard and hope that the people you're contacting are going to, you know, fall within that method of communication. That's so true. Could you give us a little bit of a taste of what your follow-up system looks like? Yeah. Do you want, you want me to take this or you want to do it? Yeah, you can can go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so I'm a caller. Yeah. I want, I, you know, you call me, I call you back. I'm like, Oh, what's up? Yeah. So call comes in, um, answered live by our intake person, um, get basic information. Then from there, it's about setting the appointment. We go out there and we're going to try to close the deal. If it makes sense for everyone right there on the spot for whatever reason, is isn't the right time for them. Um, you know, we'll follow up with them a couple of days later. Um, and if it's not makes sense and they're looking like, Hey, I was just trying to feel this out. And now I'm looking at 30 to 60 days or what have you. Um, cause of our CRM, we put them into the follow system. They get a text from us, um, a week later, and they'll get a voicemail from us. Then they'll get an email and that cycle just kind of progresses, um, throughout the year. And then, um, sporadically email or postcards get sent. And then the final thing is kind of what G day said that he will write a letter to them personally, sign it, and then they'll get that. Yeah. And just to add just to what Marvin says. So, you know, we talked about that time versus money thing. What we do is that we kind of make a list of our, highest possibilities or our highest paydays. And those are the people that we specifically target for that letter. You know, if there was somebody who had 1K worth of equity, I might not be writing a letter to them, but if they had 50% equity, they seem motivated, it just wasn't the right time. Those people would get on my list and I'll say, okay, I'm going to send you a letter in three months if I hadn't, hadn't heard from you. And I always put in my letters in my postcard, um, save this postcard and call me later. Like just those actual words in the postcard Card, sometimes makes a difference and then somebody called me and was like hey i got your postcard i saved it two months ago so i'm and now i'm calling you so that's a little tidbit out there for for kind of helping people with their follow-up what, what's a 
a setback you've had in your business that, that we won't call it a failure, but a learning lesson that, that maybe you can share with the listeners and hope them help them avoid something like this in the future. So if you're an investor, one thing that me and Marvin kind of dealt with is um, early in the year, we'll get a lot of uh, things under contract or sales and we're in the sale, but maybe they got a higher offer a day or two or three days and then they'll want to back out of the contract. So what we started to do is protect our interest and also the, the sales interest in their contract by recording it. And uh, by putting a notice of intent on it. So everybody in the world knows that if you're trying to buy this property, we've already come to an agreement with the seller. And um, we've had situations like that happen. And Marvin specifically where um, he got a call back, say, hey, I saw your notice of interest on this property. You know what's going on. So that's really been something that we dealt with as we as we grew. You know, once we once we, I started, especially I was doing enough volume that that really became an issue. But as we grew, you know, some of those things start to arise. That's great. You know, it makes sense because, you know, you get something under contract, the seller can all, always will try to use that contract as leverage for somebody else to say, hey, I got this contract. Can you do better? At least you're saving and uh, saving your time and energy by putting a notice of interest. That's great. Great advice. Yeah, love it. Love it. The, uh, so when we always have guests on, we always want to know just you jump into real estate, we have all this chaos that you're finding a way to systemize your process, get yourself to a point that you feel stabilized until that next point of chaos comes up. What is, what is each of yours big why for doing this? Um, for me, I, I don't know. It's something that I've, you know, people always talk about their why, like what motivates them. I, for me, it's just like, I enjoy it. Like, I kind of, I don't know, to me, it just, this is my life. Like it just, it just is. So I, you know, I don't know. I know what Jita is. That's probably one of the better whys I've ever heard. It just, no, Jita's why is really good. (laughs) Wait, wait for it. My why is I like eating hamburgers. So I need (laughs) a way to pay for my expensive. (laughs) No, just joking. So of course my wife and, uh, going 25,000 into depth after first getting married two weeks after. And then I just had a son four months ago. So every time I, I look at him, I'm like, okay, it's time to get to work. It always motivates me to always uh, do better because I'm trying to build something that I can pass on to him and say, hey, whether you want it or not, here's a business, here's a system that's working. And uh, you can now have the freedom to choose what you want to do with your life. You don't have to go look for a job or a career. You can now kind of pursue your dreams. So having that why is really at the bottom of everything I do as a person. So it really helps uh, motivate me. And that's what helps me keep calling sellers till they tell me to uh, jump in the lake somewhere or something like that. <laughs> and even if they tell you to jump in the lake, you still call them, don't you, G-Day? And y'all pay, you still get a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Good. Happiness and a bit and, and family. We love it. Great wise yeah. guys. Thank you. Thanks I mean, you. I think for G day, like sometimes what I tell him, cause like he's, he's a, he's a nice guy. Um, and he's a much like a people person. And sometimes, especially now that he's had, uh, you know, his kid, I'm like right now, this seller or this buyer or whomever is trying to take money out, like out of your kid's mouth. So you decide whether or not you want that to happen. And like, that's kind of like his, yeah, I see that now. And it, it's like, to, like, that's a huge why. Like if I had a kid, that would definitely be my why. That's a good, that's a yeah. good thing to think about. 
<laughs> you see how we balance each other? Mouse. Yeah. I was just thinking Marvin must not have kids because all we're trying to do is keep our kids from eating <laughs> random stuff off the floor. So <laughs> like, how did you find a razor blade behind the shoe rock? Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing on site in the first place? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what results? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, guys. So for our listeners out there, um, what would you give to someone new to real estate as a vital piece for someone looking to start their journey? So say I'm new, say I'm a new investor. What's an actionable step that I can take right now? So I guess I'll take this first. The first, if I can say two things, the first thing I'll say is get determined. Determine that for the next two, three years of your life, you're going to be, you're going to pour everything into this um, because there's going to be times where you're going to get discouraged. You have to just keep powering through. As far as action steps, the first thing I would do if I was a brand new investor, I had no way to start is I would go out and network and find relationships because um, when you find somebody who can help you through whatever process you're trying to go through, it literally cuts your learning curve in half. So when I first started, I went to every area in the DMV area from Wardorf to Virginia. I, I was there. Um, so that helped me kind of build that confidence as well. And, and, you know, those partnerships help you find deals as well that you don't have to market for right from the beginning. It's great. Nice. Good advice. That's Marvin. Great. And for me, it's a lot of the same stuff. Like you, if you're going to be wishy-washy and you're going to mail something once, like just don't like save your money, go do something else. Like this isn't for you because it's not easy. So like, just don't start, like go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> because it's in, here's like, it sounds really cold, but at the end of the day, like it's in that person's best interest. Because if you've got, if you've got, let's say $5,000 to spend on marketing, you're going to mail that once and that's it. And you're tapped out. Like you're better off saving that and doing something else because too many people I see, they've got enough for a month or two and then that's it. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's just a huge waste you've got to look at it like at, in the long game. Uh, the other thing is kind of what Jay was saying was networking. And to me, it's kind of, you already have a network of people, like start talking to them about what it is that you're doing, get them kind of involved in it as well and saying, Hey, who do you know that's looking to sell a property? Who do you know who that I could help, you know, in some form or fashion related to, you know, the property that they own? Yeah. I remember it, um, just to, had it too. Says I remember one of the first thing talking to Marvin, and I guess it's an action step off what he was saying. Just make a list of a hundred people that you know, friends, family, associates, nephews you only see once at Thanksgiving, <laughs> and call them. Say, hey, you know, I, I hope you know this, but I'm in real estate now. Um, are you looking to sell a house within the next six months, or do you know anybody that does? And that's how I got my first few leads. Just calling those hundred people, and then following up with them three months later say hey are you trying to sell now and it kind of introduced me into the business as well great action steps thank you guys that's awesome so we always like to leave out here with some words to live by and since marvin we keep putting you on the spot with these uh very very deep questions we 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 might as well start with you (laughs) um so i've got like quite a few sayings that g-day like has now come to appreciate um, one of them is at the beginning, which was like time versus money. Um, the other thing is uh, how things start is how they finish. So if you're, if you're starting with a buyer and they're flaky, they're not putting EMD on time, they're not performing, like that's how the rest of the transaction is going to go. So you need to make a decision whether you want to deal with that. Um, 
those are those are things that I consistently you know think about time versus money and how things start is how they finish that's great that's awesome advice I just like went through a few different scenarios in my head where that is absolutely true correct spot on wow spot on G-Day Wow. I, I got nothing for you guys. Uh, <laughs> I think one thing that I live by is really is integrity. Um, is one, especially in the real estate business, you might think it's big, but what I began to realize is that when you start doing things, the circle is actually very small. So treat others how you like to be treated because it does come around. You might lose a couple thousand here on the front end, but later on it will multiply because people will remember, you know, your reputation when they remember kind of the transactions that you have. So make it a business, not a transactional, a transactional thing um, in your particular market. Well, thank you guys. This has been great. And if people want to know, I I guess, where can people reach you? And if they want to get on your buyers list, maybe, or hear a little bit more about you or just uh, say hello, where's the best place to reach you guys? Uh, they can either send, you know, either myself or G-Day um, an email um, at uh, Maryland Cash Offers. So, you know, yeah. Maryland Cash Offers? Perfect. Yep. Cash Offers at, at uh, Gmail or? Oh, so either Marvin at Maryland Cash Offers oh, or G-Day at Maryland Cash Offers. Yep. Fair enough. That's Perfect. awesome. Cool, Perfect. guys. Well, well, we really appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Thank you so much. And I thank think you for having us. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah thank you so much for, yeah. ha- for being on G-Day, Marvin. It's been amazing. Again, this is the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Thank you again to G-Day and Marvin. And thank you to our listeners out there. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.